his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Uh, have an audio cut of the day clearly coming up later this hour at 545. I still have not gotten into the uh, the controversy, if you want to call it that, with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and their Pride Night last night, which is just silly. And I had to pop off on uh, Ben Hockman at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch today on Twitter because he was being um, woke, woke nonsense is what it was. But we'll kind of sort that out in a little bit. Speaking of wokeness, by the way, um, and, and I'm going to say something here, and I think people are going to think it's just a little funny, but it's not. It's actually real and has implications politically in the demographics of politics and what might the future hold for candidates. But um, Joel Kotkin is going to join me a little bit later this hour. He wrote a piece for Real Clear Investigations with Samuel Abrams called The Rise of the Single, Woke, and Young Democratic Female. Soccer moms, and this is the reality, and this is where it becomes important uh, demographically, soccer moms are giving way to SWFs, single woke females, one of the most potent voting blocks in American politics. And it's there's some seriousness that we'll talk about with Joel coming up right before cut of the day later this hour. Right now, we had Congressman Mike Boston on the show a little bit earlier, another member of Congress, this time from Colorado. It's uh, Colorado Congressman Ken Buck, who has written a brand new book that's called Crushed. Big Tech's War on Free Speech. He joins us this afternoon on St. Louis's Home for Conservative Talk. Congressman Ken Buck, I appreciate you coming on here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be with you. You know, I didn't have this. This came up relatively quickly, and I did not have time. Usually I do a little recon here and get some dirt on you from, like, Ann Wagner or Rodney Davis or Jason Smith, and I was <laughs> unable to do that. So you get a free pass on that, Congressman, this afternoon. I appreciate it. I'm glad. I, I, although I've got to tell you, they're good friends, and I don't know that there'd be too much dirt there, but we'll see. Well, a little bit about Ken Buck before we get into the book. I was looking at the uh, the Wikipedia page, which has to be true, right, obviously. But you go back to even being appointed in the 80s by Dick Cheney with some Iran-Contra stuff, right? Yeah, I started. Uh, my first trip to D.C. was uh, to work for Dick on the uh, Iran-Contra investigation and then went to work for the Department of Justice as a, as a prosecutor. When did you go to Congress? Was that, what, 2015? That's right. I won, I won the election in 2014 and started in 2015. What part of Colorado do you represent? I represent the Eastern Plains. I call it the hardworking people in Colorado. 
there, there's pretty people up in the mountains, and, and uh, there's weird people in Boulder, but I represent the hardworking people. <laughs> so name some, because I'm not altogether clear on my Colorado geography. I've been there a few times, but what, what's name some cities that we would know. So you uh, probably, uh, a lot of people know Fort Collins, and I have uh, Loveland, which is just south of Fort Collins. I have Windsor, um, and then I have uh, Douglas County, including Castle Rock and uh, Parker and Highlands Ranch. Well, it is a beautiful state. Yeah, you got some uh, you got some nutty, kooky people out there in Boulder, but it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So I can understand why people want to be in Colorado. Let's talk about big tech. I, I mentioned in the intro, Senator Hawley has you know, written about this and talked about this as well. Uh, Ted Cruz said of your book, this book arrives resounding like a five-alarm warning and explains the threats we face in great detail. And this book is very well-timed, isn't it, Congressman Buck, considering everything we're finding out in the past few months? You know, it's amazing, Mark, how many uh, um, pieces of information have, have come out recently that just confirm what's in the book. You know, the, Elon Musk has done a, a, a service to America, really, in exposing how the woke left has controlled Twitter. We see lawsuits now about how uh, Facebook and Instagram have harmed uh, teenage girls with uh, their, their uh, outreach to those girls and body shaming and depression. We, we see all these uh, examples that are now being exposed. Um, I wrote the book because I want to make sure Americans realize that uh, overnight shipping is great, but losing free speech is a real danger in, in our democracy. So was it something in particular that set you down on this course? Well, you know, I, I tend to a hearing in Boulder, and uh, we, we call Boulder uh, 28 square miles surrounded by reality when, when, when we're in Colorado. <laughs> I love um, that. But, yeah, but, but and I was in Boulder, and uh, I was the only Republican at this hearing, and I went in thinking, uh, as I do with most issues, the free market is going to take care of this issue. We don't need government uh, you know, to get involved. And every story I heard was just mind-numbing and, and, and borderline criminal activity by these big tech giants. And, and I reached the conclusion after that hearing that something needed to be done. And, and it, it isn't setting up a, uh, a, a, a government agency to determine what truth is on the Internet. What we really need is competition. We don't mind when one newspaper goes after us and, and another newspaper supports us. People get different views from newspapers or cable news channels. But when 94% of people search on Google, there is no alternative. We need five Googles and seven Facebooks and six uh, Amazons if we're going to uh, really stop this problem. You know, I've been doing this uh, this radio thing for a long time, mainly because I have no other skills, but I've been talking about media bias, you know, since the 90s. Bernard Goldberg, who is a great blogger these days, worked for CBS, wrote a book called Bias. But you start putting all this big tech in the Google searches on board with the regular traditional media bias, which is already on display and on steroids, that makes it a, a it really is a crisis situation. And and I, you know, I know you have ideas on how to fix it here, but there's a part of me that wonders if the genie's so far out of the bottle that we're never going to be up to contain this. You, you know, um, Mark, we, we dealt with the Industrial Revolution and the monopolies over uh, uh, railroads and banks and oil and, and, and those uh, commodities and services um, we will be able to overcome this. We're America. We put a man on the moon. We've done great things. We've, we've fought uh, wars that have saved the world. Uh, we will be able to deal with this. We just have to get serious and get started. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, Ken, with, with some of this. People can read the book, obviously. It's called Crush. But explain a little bit. This is um, not something I'm super familiar with either about Regulation 230, what that is and how it might play into uh, a role here. Yeah, so 230 uh, basically was an attempt to uh, make sure that these online companies weren't sued because someone would post something on the comp on the on their platform 
that was uh, dangerous. And so they got an, an exemption, an immunity. And what they've done is they've used that immunity to go in and, and act like publishers to, to change speech, to uh, censor speech. And it, it goes far beyond what the intent of Section 230 is. But um, it, the, the, the words that are really the problem in Section 230 are or otherwise objectionable. So it was aimed at, at taking, you know, stopping child porn from being on the, on the Internet yeah. or stopping, uh, you know, drug dealing. And these companies have decided, well, it's dangerous if you disagree with my opinion, so I can take your opinion down. And that's not how it was intended, and, and 230 needs to be changed. So that obviously would have to go through Congress. Do you have Democrats who might support that idea? I think so. I think there will be some Democrats, depending on how uh, the, the, the law is drafted. I think there'll be Democrats that support that. There's certainly Democrats who support these antitrust bills that I talk about in this in this book. And uh, I think that uh, really, you know, Congress will get together in a healthy way to, to deal with big tech. When you talk about the antitrust laws, I mean, it basically... Google, if, if we're being, I mean, what, I guess there's Bing is another search option, which is kind of ridiculous out there. I don't know anyone would use any of these other searches, but, but they're a monopoly, right? That's the case that you would make? Yes, absolutely. So this, again, would have to be a situation where Congress would have to get involved to break it up, right? Well, I don't look at breaking it up as, as the answer as much as um, helping to foster competition. Okay. So we could break up, uh, you know, um, uh, Facebook and Instagram and, and break up Google and, and uh, YouTube and, and Facebook and WhatsApp. And, and we can look at it in, in that way. I think it's healthier if we allow uh, Bing to compete in the marketplace. I'll give you a, a real quick example. There's a, a company that has a uh, encrypted email uh, called ProtonMail. And uh, uh, what Gmail did, what Google did was every time somebody from ProtonMail sent an email to somebody at Google, they took that Proton email and they sent it to spam. And pretty soon the people that have Proton mail uh, don't want to use it anymore because um, they can't get their emails through. That's the kind of monopoly power that Google has that hurts competitors. So if we can deal with those issues and, and level the playing field, we'll have some good ideas out there and, and these companies will have competition. Now, you wrote in the book, is this the same issue? Because you talk a little bit about how with Google and Gmail in particular that they had a situation where you had Republican fundraising emails that were getting dumped into the junk box and the Democrat emails going into the inbox. Is that the Absolutely. same issue that you're talking about or is that different? No, no, it's, it's very similar. Um, uh, these companies are, are not just acting to uh, crush competition in the um, business marketplace. They're also crushing uh, viewpoints that they disagree with in the marketplace of ideas. And that's a perfect uh, example of how um, they're taking sides in elections. Not only is Zuckerberg spending $400 million uh, on, on elections, but he's, uh, Facebook and Google and the others are also making sure that, that the uh, Republican candidates um, have a disadvantage. For example, my, there was a study that was done by a, a group, um, Media Research Center, and my website appeared on page three of a search. Um, my opponent's website, my Democrat opponent's website, appeared on page one at the top of the page. And, and that's just a, an example where people who have supported antitrust legislation were discriminated against.
You know, what's funny about that, Congressman Ken Buck is my guest. Crushed is the name of his new book. If, if you go back even maybe a few years, and maybe this is the case right now, you'd offer an example of that. You'd be mocked, right? People would scoff at you. Ah, oh, you're just being paranoid. And now we have so much evidence that's come out about this stuff that still isn't getting enough attention because if you look at what Taibbi and Mike Schellenberger and Barry Weiss are doing with the Twitter files, it's so complicated and in-depth. A lot of the uh, the mainstream outlets... Well, two things are happening. They don't want to cover it because they don't want to cover it and because it's complicated. So I worry that there still are not enough people that are dialed into what's really happening out there, Congressman. Well, that's true. I think in, in my book, I explain things um, in ways that I think people can relate to. There's, there's everyday stories about how a lady invented a jump rope, um, you know, especially she was a, a, a world champion jump rope uh, uh, athlete. She invented a jump rope, and Amazon allowed these Chinese jump ropes to come into the marketplace to destroy her because they, they wanted to renegotiate their contract with her. And so th- because they have such a large uh, e-commerce platform, they were able to uh, force her um, uh, you know, I- into a, a precarious position. And then they used a, a government agency to actually remove the patents that she would receive on, on her jump rope. Those are the kinds of examples I think when people read them, everybody knows in their heart, in their gut, that something's wrong when, when uh, big tech is, they know where we are, they know what we've bought, they know what diseases we've had. Um, but now uh, these stories are going to make it really clear that we have to do something. But here's the deal. I, I'm going to buy... I'm going to buy Ken Buck's new book, Crushed, on Amazon because I heard about it on, you know, Mark Reardon's show. So I get this book and, and I'm reading about Amazon. I'm thinking, yeah, that's kind of outrageous. But let's face it, we all use Amazon. And now we got a situation where I'm so close and you might be as well. I know people listening right now where you order something from Amazon midday or morning. It's there by the end of the day. Right. No, I, and, and you know what? Amazon's a great product. Um, I don't use it. Uh, I actually don't need something by the end of the day. I can wait till the next day and, or I can get in my car and I can drive to the store and I can pick it up. Um, and I can also, you know, not use Google. I, I, I use uh, DuckDuckGo, actually, uh, because I know that I'm not being tracked and they're not selling my advertising. And uh, I feel better about that. And if people take responsibility, we're going to have uh, conservative power because we use the marketplace to our advantage. Do you have a relationship out of curiosity with Senator Hawley? Have you talked about these issues with him? He is a great supporter on the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, and, and Marsha Blackburn and others. Uh, and uh, uh, Josh is, is just outstanding on this issue. He gets it very clearly, and, and he is a great advocate. Well, it's an important issue. There, there is absolutely no doubt about that. I hope you get a lot of attention on this. Let me ask you just a couple of questions on what's happening in Washington. What's your take on on what happened with the speaker's race? I mean, I was trying to dial down on the hyperbole. Um, you know, democracy is ugly, whatever narrative you want to go with. I was fine with it. Now you move forward and you got control of the House again. That's a good feeling for you, isn't it, Ken? It's a great feeling. <laughs> and, and honestly, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy won, but we we were able to empower the rank and file members through the uh, the battle that went on. And, and I think that, that, you know, Democrats aren't, aren't jumping up and down, um, but they, they realize that this, the House is a stronger place right now. And they're actually very appreciative. A number of them have told me um, the trains are running on time right now because uh, Republicans are in charge. Uh, and I can't remember, were you, did you vote with Kevin all the way or were you in some of that rebel group? I was in the rebel group and, and I voted with Kevin and, and uh, certainly made it very clear that uh, if Kevin can't reach an agreement, couldn't reach an agreement, um, I was going to lead another group of rebels to 
uh, make sure that we uh, took him out at some point. But he he negotiated in good faith and and uh, came up with the right answer. Yeah, and look, and I and we, you don't have to get into personal commentary here, but I was trying to draw a distinction because I think that there were very you know, smart things that were uh, requested in negotiations with Chip Roy and, and people like you. I would say that there there were differences in the in the twenty, um, maybe even differences in some of the five. So I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did. What about Ken Buck's feeling on the debt ceiling? And, and where because you're going to hear all these you know full faith and credit the U S. We're going to destroy our credit rating. All this stuff that comes up every time this happens, Congressman. Yeah, the, the bottom line is we can't keep spending money the way Biden um, and, and Pelosi and Schumer have been spending the last two oh, years. And Republicans, and so, though, let's let's be honest. Republicans do this, too, right? Oh, absolutely. Republicans have overspent. We didn't get into this problem because of, of Democrats alone. Republicans, uh, Democrats, liberals, conservatives um, have overspent. We need spending caps if we're going to increase the debt ceiling. And yeah. that's that's my ask, and, and that's where my vote will be. I love it. Congressman Ken Buck, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Crushed is the name of the new book, Big Tech's War on Free Speech. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Uh-oh. I just thought of something here. This is, um, ah, I'm so sorry. I have to apologize in advance. This is the average, uh, it's the average white band, right? Yeah. Unfortunately. Inappropriate. I apologize for that. I'm so sorry. But that's a great song, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I'm going to keep playing it. My snarky comments there will fit particularly well when I explain this uh, Pride Night controversy in Philadelphia where I had to be mean to Ben Hockman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And I kind of feel a little bad about that because Ben is actually a super nice guy and he didn't respond in a mean guy, but what he, in a mean way, but what he said was so utterly ridiculous and it made me queasy to my stomach. I'll get into it here before cut of the day. It's... It's embarrassing. There, there must be some sort of, you have to have, this will maybe segue into our next topic. In order to be a sports journalist, I use that word very loosely, journalist, and I use that with everybody loosely, you have to go through some sort of woke education. 
I don't know what it is with the people at ESPN, and we're going to give you Exhibit A in that with Ben Hockman and this guy from Canada. The whole the whole controversy is ridiculous, and I'm pretty sure that most people are going to agree with me here in a few minutes that are listening to this show, but if you haven't heard about this controversy, you will want to. Joe Kotkin is with me right now. Speaking of uh, woke, he wrote a piece called The Rise of the Single Woke and Young and Democratic Female. Joel, how are you this evening? Welcome back to 97.1 FM Talk. Oh, it's nice to be here. This is really a serious political demographic issue because one of the lines from the piece is the rise of SWFs, a twist on the personal abbreviation for single white female, is one of the greatest untold stories of American politics. And the numbers here, Joel, are quite stunning, right? 61% or what is it? Is it 68% or 61% of young single women are voting Democrat? 68%. Right. Right. And of course, in certain areas, much higher than that. I mean, that's a big, big number, and I think you write about this a little bit, but how, if you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, and you want to try to appeal to some of those young single women voters, is that even possible right now? Well, I mean, the the, the situation has obviously evolved over time, but, you know, obviously, you, you know, you you nominate Donald Trump, you, you, you lose even yeah. more of them. I mean, that's, no that, that's, that's just, you know, for whatever reason— uh, younger women, in particular, are you know are revolt you know are revolted by Trump. I don't. Well, blame. that shouldn't be too shocking, really. I mean, even if you dig politics out of it, would it be that shocking? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, right? he's you know he's the sort of the the nightmare of a, of a jerk uh, yeah, of a male jerk. And what can I say? And um, but but I think that 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 this has been happening. What's scary to me is that we that the, is the issue that. We'll have f- fewer families, fewer people who can, you know, totally support themselves. Like many of these women are actually, you know, women are sort of kicking the butts of men in the workplace and uh, pretty much every place else. But married couples are the people who are most likely to be able to buy a house, to be able to take care of kids. You, you know, these a lot of these women, and you see this in the in the sort of life of Julia and the uh, Biden f- follow up to it. You know, you have a woman who. You know, you know, may never gets married. If she has a kid, the kid goes to daycare and then is never heard from again. Yeah. Um, you know, so that the that that essentially what we're doing is we're undermining the very familial system that is at the base of the civilization. And 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 look, these women are reacting, you know, quite appropriately um, in in many ways. They're saying, look. I'm. I'm. The, I'm. First of all, if I'm. A, if I don't have kids, maybe I don't really need a house. Maybe I don't need a, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of space. Um, but I'm going to have to count on the state when I'm older because there won't be the sort of accumulation of assets that married couples overwhelmingly tend to have. So you in the, in the piece. Um you, you say this, we're witnessing, as sociologist Daniel Bell noted a half century ago in the coming of the post-industrial society, a new type of individualism unmoored from religion and family, something fundamentally transforming the foundations of the middle class culture. And it's there's political implications. There's certainly, as you indicated, economic implications with all of this. And this trend doesn't appear to be, a, I don't even say, a, there's no ability to move it in the other direction. Would there be? I mean, what would perhaps stall that out, because this thing seems to have a life of its own, right? Which often in social and issues like this, that's what happens. Well, I think there are, there are several things we could do. I mean, a lot of this is a symptom of the fact that we've, we've gotten rid of many of the jobs, for instance, that men have uh, traditionally done, but we've increased the number of, of jobs that women 
uh, tend to do. And so if we could have a better employment situation, particularly for men, that may change it. I think also, you know, making it easier for people to buy homes, uh, that would certainly help. Um, I, I think having a sense of, of, of hope um, is something, you know, that there's, I mean, what, 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 what's frightening is that even though many women may theoretically want to get married and have kids, they don't really think it's possible. And so they're thinking around a completely different trajectory because it was very interesting. Married women are basically 50-50, Republican-Democrat. Right, right, right. And, and, and if the Republicans nominate a human being, which, of course, they seem to be incapable of, um, they might be able to uh, to, to do even better, um, particularly in, in more conservative parts of the country. Um, the, the potential, um, though, is going to be very much tied to the fact of do people feel that there is a – there's a trajectory that leads to marriage and children. And right now that trajectory is, is under enormous stress. So in the short run, uh, Sam Abrams, my co-author, and, and I conclude, in the short run, the Democrats have a big advantage. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you have a, you know, a, a you know, Trump you know, versus Biden race, I mean, really you know, nauseating alternatives, but let's say that's what you end up with, Biden's going to absolutely kill it with 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 unmarried women, and um, and of course the road decision um, accentuated that even further. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, what what the answer to that is. One of my questions to you, Joel, was going to be if you take like if you simply just take that issue out of the mix, what would happen? But that's such an important issue that I would have predicted decades ago we would not be talking about in twenty twenty three. But here we are, right? Right, and but and there there are there are other issues that are um, that that may be you know germane to uh, to women. You know, again, you have to look at the economics. We take a look at what professions women are going into, and increasingly they're in professions that have a very different relationship to the state than, let's say, a guy with a machine shop or a, or or a, even a truck driver or. A, um, or somebody with a, any kind of ma- manufacturing facility, or a farmer. Those, those people, the state is is a threat to their income and a, and a regulatory threat. If you're working as a, a, a as a nurse or a teacher, actually, you want more government spending because you're a prime beneficiary. I mean, people act out of their self interest, sure and do. and the self interest of single white females is increasingly. A extended state, not not a limited state. Plus, you want the most extreme uh, area. You have you look at at at, at grammar school teachers. Eighty percent of women, many of them are single. Um, they have a very very different view on what your children should learn than the parents often have. Um, so that's a perfect kind of conflict. Um, so so I think that that you know this this issue is really just going to become stronger and stronger. The question is, over time, um, obviously, those parts of the country where people are having children are going to have more representation, and that may, ha- that may be a-, a counterforce. But I would say in the short run, for sure, um, the single white females are an enormous asset to the Democrats. You know, the education aspect is fascinating to me. I have a son who's now a teacher. He's a, a sophomore social studies teacher in Columbia, Missouri at a high school there. And when he graduated uh, a year and a half, well, it was actually last year, I'm starting to think back, they um, had 
we couldn't make it to the graduation. There were some COVID issues that popped up at the time, but they televised it, you know, so we were able to watch it and stream it in my house. And it was stunning to me. And I think my son has sort of made mention of this, and he, he certainly was aware because he was with all these other students. It, was, it wasn't just elementary school. I mean, it was overwhelmingly female when people were coming up to grab their diplomas. So that, that obviously does um, present different priorities with the classroom because it's mainly females. But you asked this question with Sam Abrams here at the end, and I think this is why this fascinates me, Joel, this topic. Ultimately, the question remains, what kind of society Americans want to have? Historically, here in the U.S. and elsewhere, the family perspective has been prevalent and tied intimately to the sense of common you know, polity. But as the country changes, this is going to be a question, right, moving forward? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's – and by the way, it's not an issue of necessarily of right and left in, in the traditional sense. You know, the Swedish welfare state was developed – specifically to help families and and um for many many years um social democrats which i'm kind of one myself believed that we what the the role of the state was to make it possible for families to become independent purchase a house raise their children and have a certain amount of autonomy and security that that changes when if if the electorate is overwhelmingly made up of of, of single people and particularly you know single females um, who work in certain parts of the economy, um, you know and and this is one of the reasons why for instance um, uh, you know somebody works on urban issues we have this situation where even in the cities are in terrible shape but we we keep electing ever more. Um, Let's just say less than ideal candidates. I mean, you get you know here in L.A., uh, we we elect you know we elected somebody who was in the Vince Ramos brigade and thinks that that Fidel Castro is one of the great people of history. I mean, what yeah, you know, I mean, what do you nuts. do with that? I know. Well, we have that here in St. Louis too. That that's that that's the thing. It's it's infuriating, really, to me uh, when you think about it. Well, it's interesting because these are I would say that these are issues that will and I know you even reference with Sam in the article books that have been written about these things even decades before with um, people not having kids and the implications of all this. But I do think that, you know, having heard the the polling from the midterms elections in particular, where single mainly single people overall, but particularly young females went, there are big trends here. And I don't know how you address them if you're like a political consultant or a candidate in particular for a Republican moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the only issues that seem to resonate that where Republicans could do better may, may be on, on the issue of, of personal security, um, you know, crime. Um, yes. But, but of course, you see, part of the problem is, um, you know, when people become, you know, if they do get married, they move to the suburbs and they move away from where the crime is worse. And by the way, even in this city like St. Louis, and I did live in St. Louis at one time, you know, the, the, the reality is, and this is true everywhere we go, middle class, working class, African-American and Hispanic families are also moving to the suburbs. Oh, yeah. So the, well, that's been so a big the, issue here. I mean, I don't know when I don't think I knew that you lived here, but you know what the population is in St. Louis? It's like yeah. 340,000. That's it. The city. Uh, right. St. Louis reminded me when I was last there, which was about 15 years ago. Uh, it reminded me of of a uh, of an old man whose suits are too big for it. 
That's a great analogy. And you know what's sad about that is that if you would come to St. Louis today, there are so many cool things that are happening. We have a new, and I'm not even a soccer guy, but we got a new soccer stadium and an MLS team that's starting. We have all this development here in the urban core. But guess what? No one wants to come because of all the crime, Joel. And I'm not being, I'm not mean, we have, this is such a great time for St. Louis in one way and such a sad, terrible time because we have a mayor and a circuit attorney that can't get a hold of the uh, crime issue. Right. And, and that's and again, that is also reflective of the kind of politics that are that 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 people who are coming out of the schools increasingly. And by the way, increasingly, the people coming out of the schools are overwhelmingly female. Um, it's a kind of politics that they they've been indoctrinated with. And see, the difference is if you get married and have kids, you you know, you sort of like get mugged by reality. Kids do that to you. You know, they do all the. All of a sudden, you know, somebody who thinks it was hip and cool to teach, um, you know, transsexual values in fifth in fifth grade, when it's your kids, you might think a little bit differently. I, um, I would agree. Yeah. You know, so so you know what you what you end up with is a a a, a and this is particularly bad for cities. Is cities become more and more single? I'll give you a good il- illustration. A majority of the households in Manhattan not only are childless or unmarried, they're single people. They're, in other words, they're, they're, it's one person living in a place. And so we're really looking at a very, very single-oriented environment, particularly in urban cores. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and that's, you know, and that's very, you know, very unfortunate yeah. in the sense that I don't think cities can really come back until – at least some families go there. Well, that's what makes this, to me, so fascinating. So I'm glad you wrote about it. Joel Cocking, great to have you back on 97.1 FM Talk. I appreciate it. You have a great week. You too. All Thank right, take you. care, Joel. Thank you. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store. For details. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, for those who follow on Twitter, at Mark Reardon, KFTK, you were uh, privileged earlier to see um, a, a, a quick spat between me and Ben Hockman. He didn't want to take the bait, which is probably to his credit. He, he's certainly a nice guy. I don't really have issues with Ben. But this has to do with what happened in Philadelphia last night. And, and this is one of those things, and I got worked up about it on Twitter, which is what I often do. But it's just utterly ridiculous how woke the post-dispatch and the, the sports journals have become in particular. So you got this guy, uh, Ivan Provorov from the Flyers. Pretty good player from what I understand. It was Chris Kerber when he was kicking my ass in racquetball this morning that told me about this story. So I looked into it. So they have, because every team now, every franchise in all sports, they're required to have a certain amount of social justice nights per year. So they have the LGBTQ plus pride night and they have the warm-up jersey. And the Flyers are wearing the warm-up jerseys, except for This guy didn't want to wear it. So he does not go on to the ice. He says that it was his choice to stay true to myself and my religion. He's Russian Orthodox. So afterwards, this is the biggest story of the night. Of course, it's not what happened on the ice. It doesn't matter. What happens is, oh, you're you're full of hate. Oh, come on. But listen to where this goes. So here's what he said. If I can get it to play, I'm really good at the audio today. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. Just, uh, can you just clarify what religion? Yeah, if you have any hockey questions, right? Well, I don't have any hockey questions. So Ben Hockman at the Post, and again, I don't get what it is about these sports people that are so woke, but it happens all the time. So he tweets out, Ivan Profarov is a jerk, but Flyers coach John Tortorella is just as complicit with his cruelness and with Profarov's statement by not wearing the Pride logo. Torts prides himself on being a tough coach. Well, he sure looked soft last night. So I saw this this morning, and I thought, This is so utterly ridiculous. And by the way, then on his tweet string, he copies the NHL and the NHL Players Association. He's trying to get attention for his wokeness. So here's my response on Twitter. Oh, good Lord. What I wanted to say is, oh, good. I know. I get that there is a flippin' woke quota at St. Louis Post-Dispatch, but give us an effing break. He did nothing wrong. The coach did nothing. Nothing wrong. The NHL and you guys want to virtue signal more than play the sport you don't care about that we get it but enough already stop it and and by the way then he said if people stay quiet about hate then hate will continue to happen and those who hate will get off the hook I threw up in my mouth, Ben Hockman. Now, in, in fairness, he said that he overstated because he did respond a little. He said, well, he may have gone a little bit too far on you the hate think? stuff. I think he went too far on everything. Hate is happening because the dude didn't want to wear a jersey. So hateful. Now, religion, you can be as hateful as you want, right? That's all cool. So then I had to, um, I had to apologize because, you know, what I said in that particular original tweet is that the NHL and you guys want to virtue, but then I thought about it, Sue, so I had to go back and I had to apologize because that's what you do. So here is my other tweet that came a little bit later in the day. Oh, no. I want to apologize for this tweet upon further review. I noticed that I said, you guys, no doubt oh, misgendering someone at STL today and perhaps the entire sports media establishment. I am so sorry. So please forgive me for doing that. It's ridiculous. Now, I'm going to take it to another level. As embarrassing as Ben Hockman at the Post was on this issue, and he's a nice guy, but Ben, come on, get a grip. Listen to this guy up in Canada and what he calls for. This is real. This is not the onion. This is not the Babylon Bee. The theme from the National Hockey League is hockey is for everyone, okay? 
The theme is not hockey's for everyone, dot, 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 unless you don't believe in gay rights, then do whatever you want. If the National Hockey League is going to do this, if any league is going to do this, do it properly or reevaluate what you're doing. Because there's not a lot of repercussions that I'm seeing from any league. Now, it could change with the NHL. could change with the NHL. I think you find the Flyers a million dollars for this. I'm not kidding. Figure this out and stop offending people on nights where it's not about that. It's supposed to Stop it! He just said, find the Philadelphia Flyers a million dollars because you offended people. You made people, you hurt their feelings. Which, by the way, and this is going to sound like the guy who has the one black friend, and I realize that, but I have a fair amount of friends who are gay and good friends who are completely 100% on my side of this, and on the trans stuff too, especially the older gays. They, 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 there's, and I've said this before, there's such a divide between the LGB and the TQIA elemental P. It's unbelievable. But th- this is an issue that this guy pops off on Canadian TV about about inclusivity the National Hockey League need to attack this and figure this out the National Hockey League it is an embarrassment the National Hockey League put out a did you see where DeSantis got involved in this I don't DeSantis got involved a couple weeks ago because the league sends out this is the league that prided themselves on inviting people to a trans hockey event as well as if they don't have an agenda but they go out and they put this job opening out there and they exclude in their job opening, white people, they want all the minorities to apply. DeSantis comes and says, no, we're not going to have any of that. And he wins on that issue. But this league in particular, so how embarrassing can you be? Now, this reminded us, Sue, of something here. You remember this? Okay, you're checked in. Yeah, thank you. Here's your AIDS ribbon. Uh, no, thanks. You don't want to wear an AIDS ribbon? Uh, no, no. But you have to wear an AIDS ribbon. I have to? Yes. Yeah, see, that's why I don't want to. But everyone wears the ribbon. You must wear the ribbon. What you are? You're a ribbon bully. Yeah. Hey, hey you, come back here. Remember that Seinfeld episode? I What's do. it going to be? Are you going to wear the ribbon? No, oh, never. But I'm wearing the ribbon. He's wearing the ribbon. We are all wearing the ribbon. So why aren't you going to wear the ribbon? That, that was so far ahead of its time on that. You know, somebody on Twitter asked this question. They always have, because you have to have a night for everything. So you have Christian night, right? Mm-hmm. The Christian night at the ballpark, right? So are the players being asked to wear a warm-up jersey with a cross? Thank you. If they're Muslim or... No, they're not. Uh-uh. They're not being asked to. The way that you could solve this is stop the madness Correct. with all the social jobs. Do you have to have a BLM night? You have to have a night for everything? Well, they do because what are they doing here? They're virtue signaling. Yeah. That's, all they're, that's all that Ben Hockman is doing. And by the way, if Ben Hockman's re- if he really feels this way, if that idiot in Canada really feels that the Flyers should be fined a million dollars because one of their stars just simply decided to Has not go out. a different opinion. Then you, you've got big issues, gentlemen. You really do. You've got big issues if that is what you want to you know, take your stand on. It's embarrassing. But it's the sports, as embarrassing as the rest of the media is, it's always very special to see the sports media stand out above all the rest. Congratulations. You did it again. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Well, let me tell you something. I had a bunch to choose from here, but I had to go with this if I can find the bite. Now, this is... uh... Kevin Clean? No, no, no. Oh. Well, no, no, we're not going with that. Where the heck did my bike go here? So I'm getting a little worried. Now, this is actually a woman named Sandra Feist. This is in Minneapolis, and they are talking about, uh, let me just put it this way, things that might be available in restrooms for kids at school. I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons. Um, 
practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not. Did you catch that? I did. It, if we add female, you know, women's, I, I don't even know how to handle it. We may become obsolete. All students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Oh, let's go back to that. Because Wait, not, what? Well, not all students who menstruate are females. Let's recognize that right now. You better come to terms with that. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students, and therefore their usage will be much lower. And now this goes on and on, and she says um, approximately 150 uh... times in 60 seconds. Uh, males menstruate. Trust the science, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk tomorrow. Oh, my God. God. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you in 2024.